brothers and sisters. Hey, y'all are in talkative mood tonight. Man, y'all can, uh, anyone up there who's talking now want to come and talk up here? Huh? Y'all ever get that teacher that's just like, hey, well, uh, I'm going to say things that are rhetorical, those teachers, and like, uh, it like never works because people just keep talking. Um, I won't, I won't, I won't be that. Um, but hey, uh, so, <laughs> um, Thanksgiving is this week, kind of, break at least. Are y'all ready? I'm ready. It's been a long semester. It's been long, but it's been short. It seems like August was like three weeks ago. Um, I don't know if anyone else feels like that. But hey, so this, uh, I almost said this morning. We're not in church. Uh, we're going to read tonight from uh, Mark. Yeah, Mark. Okay, so Mark chapter 15, verse 37 through 41. We're going to be looking at another person that Jesus interacted with. So Mark 15, 37 through 41. And then we're going to jump to chapter 16, verses 9 and 10. 15, 37 through 41, then 16, 9 through 10. It's up on the screen, or you can look at it in your Bible. With a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last. The curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And when the centurion, who stood in front of Jesus, saw how he died, he said, Surely this man was the Son of God. Some women were watching from a distance. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, the younger, and of Joseph, and Salome. In Galilee, these women had followed him and cared for his needs. Many other women who had also come up with him to Jerusalem were also there. And then skipping forward. When Jesus rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had driven seven demons. She went and told those who had been with him and who were mourning and weeping. Uh, Let's pray real quick. Father God, thank you, Lord, for um, just uh, tonight, Lord, what you've already done in our hearts, God, and um, for uh, missions applications, God, and and Thanksgiving break coming up and everything, Lord, that you've brought us um, to and through, God. And uh, I pray right now, Lord, that you would just anoint me, God. Would you speak through me, Jesus, and uh, open our hearts to to see and hear uh, what you want to do in our lives, God, and um, who you are, Jesus. We love you. We pray these in your name. Amen. So, uh... Tonight, we're going to talk about how uh, Jesus was a ladies' man, right? There he is. There's our man in glory, everybody, right there, hanging out with a bunch of ladies in, in a sweet robe, too. I don't think you, can, uh, you can't get that at Men's Warehouse. And look at his beard. I mean, I like, I'm a guy, but I still love a good beard. I'd, I'd hang out with Jesus just for his beard. Um, and so, uh, and, gosh. Guys, those ladies, they got the hookup. He's the son of God. He can, like, do miracles. And uh, if if he married, if they marry that guy, they're marrying into a very good family. I mean, we talk about that all the time, right? So Jesus, the ladies' man. Uh, I'm, I'm just kidding. Tonight, we're not going to talk about Jesus as a ladies' man because he, uh, he wasn't in, in uh, the context that we know him. Um, but we are going to talk about one relationship with a woman that was very great and uh, very special to him. And uh, her name is Mary Magdalene, and we just read about her. And um, we're going to look at her life and then kind of what we can learn from it. So just a little bit about Mary. She's called Mary Magdalene. That's not her first and her last name. 
Um, it means uh, she was called the Magdalene, which means that she was from Magdala. Magdala was a city um, on the west coast of Galilee, or the, the Lake of Galilee, um, and it was like it was big. Uh, they had a lot of money, a lot of immorality because it's a big city, and that usually happens when you have more people in one place. Um, their economy was booming. It was right on the lake, so they like shipped in and out stuff. Um, they uh, their economy and consisted of like uh, working with dyes, um, like uh, woolen textures and stuff like that, and they also sold a lot of uh, pigeons and, and turtle doves for, like, the offerings that they had um, for, for the Jewish uh, offerings. And so it was, it was a pretty, you know, booming, booming city. And uh, Mary's, you know, this is where Mary's from. Um, and uh, so, so, yeah, just kind of, you know, big city girl, I guess you could say. Um, the next thing we know that's true about Mary from, uh, from this passage is that she supported Jesus, right? Um, she followed Jesus for about two and a half years. Um, and it's most likely that she supported financially uh, Jesus for those entire two years, right, from when she met him until when he finally died and he didn't need her support anymore. Um, but, uh, and I, I'm not going to make a joke about that. Um, living off support, <laughs> I uh, would make a joke, but I, I won't. Um, but anyways, okay, so she's following Jesus, and what we know from what Jesus required of people who followed him, they left everything that they had, right? Well, how did she still have money? She's probably very well off financially, right? So if she's following Jesus, that means that she either quit her job and had a ton of money saved up from before she followed Jesus. That would be enough to, you know, support Jesus, herself, uh, 12 other dudes, right? You know, like in combination with like all of their needs, right? And all the other women that supported them. And so it's like she's she's not poor. Right. So it's either she quit her job or she's got some job or she's got tons of people working for her and she's just, you know, ranking in a ton of cash because, you know, like she's she's just that high up in whatever business she's in. Right. Um, she actually she might have worked with dye. Right. She might have invented tie dye. That that'd be pretty cool. Right. You know, she invented tie dye, you know, um, I'm going to go talk to those guys at Shark Tank. I'm going to say, hey, this is how much money I got, and uh, this is how much it's worth, and then they're all right, we're in, you know, and then she still makes money after that. I just spit everywhere. Um, but uh, but anyways, right, so she's got a ton of money, right? I just realized when I was writing this sermon why it's called tie dye. Because you dye it, and then you tie it. Tie dye, you tie it and then you die. Either way, it's crazy. <laughs> tie dye. I thought it was like one word or something. I I never I never knew why. <laughs> it's like it's tie dye. <laughs> they just learned something tonight. Uh, but it's it was mind blown. I was. <laughs> we could leave right now. Um. But anyways, right? So so they're traveling everywhere with the disciples, and there's you know food, lodging, whatever it is. I'm in charge of mission, so I'm thinking about all this stuff right now. Um, but anyways, all of this money came from, like, these women who were, like, richly ble- blessed by the Lord, right? So really cool to have that um, role in Jesus' life. Real quick, I um, want to clear up some misconceptions. Two things that are uh, widely thought about Mary Magdalene that aren't actually true. First, uh, she wasn't Jesus' girlfriend or his wife, or anything like that, his lover, nothing like that. Uh, sorry if you learned that growing up in church. It's not true. 
nowhere in the Bible, so uh, <laughs> that's not true of her. Second thing, um, in Luke chapter 8, right after uh, where we just, uh, just kidding, that was Mark. Um, in Luke chapter 7, um, there's a story about um, a woman who had uh, lived, it's not up there, uh, it, who had lived a life of sin, um, and her name is mentioned as being Mary somewhere else in the Bible, um, and uh, people think that it's Mary Magdalene, well it's not, and so she's not a prostitute, she's not his girlfriend, so um, you learned something, um, sweet, so yeah, misconceptions, right, so uh, this is who Mary is, and who she isn't, um, think about the sacrifice, like Mary, Mary made to, to follow Jesus, right, I mean, she's, she grew up in like, probably like one of the nicest cities in Galilee at that time, She's got a ton of money, probably had a ton more that she could have made had she not left her job or her family or whatever it was and continued just to, to work and stuff. But she left that. She left any of her family uh, that she might have been there. Um, and uh, it's actually really cool because, you know, last week Jordan talked about the three would-be followers, right? And they made three different excuses. One was his family. One was wanting to enjoy life, right? And then uh, the other one was like, okay, you know, I'll, I'll go with you, but, uh, you know, maybe maybe not. And he was just indecisive, right? Well, Mary, <laughs> like, she superseded all of them in her decision to follow him. She left the job. She left her family. Um, and then, you know, she left any kind of future that she would have had in Magdala had she stayed. Um, so, uh, so it was pretty great. But if you look at what Jesus did for her, you know, then it kind of like, it kind of makes sense that, that she would want to follow him, right? Um so, uh, it actually reminds me of Houston, um, Houston, Texas, not uh, Houston, Pennsylvania, <laughs> up uh, on 79, I think, towards uh, Pittsburgh, and uh, <laughs> you, uh, you can't miss Houston if you pass through it in, in Texas. You can <laughs> in Pennsylvania, you pass the sign and where to go, you know, but in Houston, that's not possible, unless you're Heather McEntee. She, uh, she sleeps pretty much anywhere in the car. Uh, we've gone on a few road trips as a staff, and uh, she, can, she can probably sleep all half an hour through Houston, Texas, um, if you're on I-10, which uh, has seven lanes on two sides at one point. It's, it's pretty crazy. Fourteen lanes, two ways. Uh, pretty big. Um, but uh, anyways, it's my home. I love it. I love going back. I love growing up there. Um, and uh, had I not moved to Morgantown, I would have loved to stay there for the rest of my life. Um, but I came here. And uh, actually, uh, there was one point at which uh, Taylor and I were driving um, into Morgantown once, and she was like, hey, I think it's, she was just talking about, like, the sacrifice that our staff made to come up to West Virginia. And uh, and I was like, uh, I was like, yeah, you know, like, I, I acknowledge it. And it, it kind of like, I don't know, it was, was kind of funny. I told her something that I still feel is true uh, today, um, which was basically like, yeah, we might have given stuff up to come here, but it didn't really feel like a sacrifice um, because like when you love someone, when you give things up, it's, it's not a sacrifice. You know, it was, it was like, it just, it just felt natural. It felt normal. And so it's like, yeah, we left stuff behind, but it, it wasn't like, it wasn't like it, it felt like it cost us something, you know, it was like, it was a joy to give it up, you know? And, and I think, I think Mary did the same thing, you know, like she, she left all of this stuff in Magdala to, to want to follow Jesus because, because of what she did for, or because of what what he did for him. Um, so, uh, what did he do for her again? Uh, I think I, uh, 
Oh, right. He uh, he delivered her from seven demons. <laughs> Thanks, Jesus. You know, I'll see you later. <laughs> no, like she has no clue, like what kind of condition she was probably in before that. Um, seven demons. I mean, like I wouldn't want to see like a person with one demon, you know, it's like, let alone seven, right? Um, but uh, actually, so little side note, um, seven is the um, number of completion in the Bible. So um, it wasn't necessarily um, seven exact number of demons. Um, it might have just been she was completely possessed, <laughs> which either way <laughs> doesn't sound good. <laughs> you know, you're not <laughs> you're not in a good situation. <laughs> you're like you're not doing well. Um and so um, it's a uh, it's it kind of makes you wonder like man, Mary, like what were you where were you? How did how did this happen? How do you manage to get pos- possessed by either seven or completely possessed by demons, right? Um so Kind of tough to understand, but we're going to look uh, somewhere else in the Bible to kind of see what that might have been like for um, and p- for people around. In Luke 8, chapter or 8, verses 26 through 33, this is what it says. Um, they sailed to the region of Gerasenes, which is across the lake from Galilee, which is actually just across from where she grew up, Magdala. When Jesus stepped ashore, he was met by a demon-possessed man from the town. For a long time, this man had not worn clothes or lived in a house, but had lived in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell at his feet, shouting at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had commanded the impure spirit to come out of the man. Many times it had seized him, and though he was chained hand and foot and kept under guard, he had broken his chains and had been driven by the demon into solitary places. That's, oh, and it keeps going, but I'm not going to read anymore. Um, and uh, that's, <laughs> that's, that's a pretty rough life, um, to say the least, right? If, if you're that man, you are miserable, if you're even aware of your situation. This guy might not have had any clue of what happened to him any day, you know? Um, these, these demons um, are completely, seemingly in control of this guy. Naked, isolated, incoherent, insane, like, this could have, Mary could have looked somewhat similar to this guy before she met Jesus. Um, and uh, because of what he did for her, you know, obviously, I'm not sure if she got to see this man, if she crossed over the lake with him. Um, but if she had, she would have understood more what he did for her, you know. At least people told her what she was like, probably. Um, but, uh, you know, was, the result of it, was that she devoted her life completely to follow Jesus, right? Um, which is, I think, you know, just kind of the only option that, <laughs> you know, would make sense after something like that. Um, so this is Mary, you know, pre-possession, post-possession, supporting Jesus, um, friends with him, right? Uh, she didn't just support him. She knew his heart. She probably saw tons of miracles that he did heard tons of things that he said, heard a lot of his sermons to the crowds and small group lessons to his disciples, right? And, like, she she was good friends with Jesus. She wasn't just some old lady that wrote a check and, you know, sent it to him, right? Like, she knew him personally. Um, she was his friend. Um, and so we get to what we read tonight, right, which was um, at the cross. Mary is there with a few other women and, and one of the disciples, John, and um I can't imagine what that night w- must have been like to see one of your best friends 
hanging on a cross, bleeding, um, just flesh torn, um, probably eyes busted up and just bruised. And uh, I mean, just think of one of your best friends and think about what it'd be like, or family, to like see them in that in that state, right? Where are all the other disciples? They're gone. <laughs> you know, like she, she was only the only ones that came back. Well, not only that, but Katie talked last week about Judas when he betrayed Jesus, right? He betrayed him with the kiss in that garden, and then all of his disciples fled. All of Jesus' disciples fled. And she might have been one of those, but she came back at some point, right? She might have been there when he was tried before Pontius Pilate and condemned, even though he was innocent. What she might have been thinking or trying to yell, what she's yelling inside of her soul at least. And then she might have been there, you know, like trying to get through the crowd as he's carrying his cross up to the hill to die for her and for for everyone else, which she might not even even understood at that time, you know. And then finally she gets to the cross and like she's seeing one of her best friends suffering, right? He had delivered her and now he's hanging on a cross. What do you think that did to her? The source of her hope. Um, was in that man. He was the source of her hope. It wasn't just in him. He was her hope, and he's hanging on a tree. He was the power that delivered her from the demons, and he's hanging on a tree, dying, bleeding, helpless. I can't imagine what that would be like. And to not be able to do anything for him. She provided for him for two years, and now she can't even touch him. She can't go near him. She can't do anything for him. That must have been terrible. And so Jesus dies, but she continues. You think she would have given up, but she didn't. A man named Joseph brings Jesus' body to the tomb that he had cut out to bury him. Mary follows him. <laughs> what What are you going to do with a dead man? Like that? She still had some kind of hope in Jesus. It's crazy. She follows him, right? She sees where he's buried. Um, and, uh, you know, she's probably afraid because she knows people are looking for her, but that doesn't matter. She wants to be with Jesus. Whether he's dead or alive, he wants to be with her, or she wants to be with him. And so at some point, right, she leaves, but only to go get some spices to prepare for his burial. That's the only time that she left. But when she comes back, this is what happens. In John 20, uh, 1 through 13, uh, this is what it says. It's kind of half the story. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. This is when she comes back with the spices. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, that's John, and said, They have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started, started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, went inside. He saw and believed, believed what Mary said, that is, because they didn't believe her at first. 
They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken away my Lord, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. Can y'all imagine what that was like? I mean, 24, no, I guess three days before this, you're with your best friends. Your whole world has changed in a day. You know, your best friend dies, and none of your friends want to show their faces. And then... (laughs) Right when you like think you're close to Jesus' body, you leave for two seconds, right? And you come back and it's gone. Right? Like that's that's so crazy. Um and not only that, this tomb is huge. You know, I mean this this uh this stone was huge. No one could have moved it on their own. Who did this? So she, you know, like first instinct, she runs, she gets Peter and John, hey, you know, this is going on, like what? You know, so they go, they run back, you know, John's quicker than Peter, Peter's you know, old and slow, um, you know, and like they get there, you know, John's like, <sighs> you know, like Peter comes in, he's like not waiting, he's going inside and he looks and like he sees, man, this body's gone, like what, Mary's right, you know, and like John, you know, probably sees Peter just like stunned, not looking at anything into space probably, and then he goes in and then like sees what Peter's seen, he sees what Mary's seen and he believes, man, she was telling the truth, right, but then what happens, they leave, <laughs> like really like these guys were also man they're probably like oh man all right well uh this stinks well jesus isn't here so no reason for us to be here let's get out of here before we get caught and so they go back right like man that um their fear their fear destroyed their hope basically right um but not mary she still stayed She's trying to be close to Jesus' body, and he's not there, right? Like, what what more is there to see? It's like, all right, Mary, you know, we know you love Jesus, and you want to be with him, but it's like, it's over. Like, just go back to Magdala. You got a life there. You can probably still get your job back if you don't have it anymore. Family, friends, opportunity, you know, this Jesus thing, it's over. You know, he's dead. He's gone. Nowhere to be seen. But then she sees something else. Continuing in John. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, Woman, why are you crying? <laughs> Same thing the angels asked her. <laughs> pretty stinks very bad. Um, uh, it was, who was it you were looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you, had carried, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary, she turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni. And I don't know if that's how you say it. It sounds like some pasta, but it means it means my master, and it's an endearing term. Um, so, uh, so, and if it is a pasta, I'm buying it. Um, the uh, Aramaic expert over here, Damani, Damani Ayalai. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Um, I believe you. Um, Jesus said, 
Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to the Father and y- to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had seen that he had said these things to her. She saw Jesus. She stuck around long enough. She was not expecting this. Like she saw Jesus. Man. So you guys ever like get to somewhere like two seconds late or like leave somewhere like two sec two seconds too early where you miss out on like this, you know, amazing thing. It's like, what? Are you serious? This happened? You know, like you find out about it like the next day. And it's like, oh, my gosh. Had I stayed, you know, 10 more minutes, I would have seen this or done that or whatever. Right. <laughs> well, imagine if it was Jesus. Right. <laughs> it's like man, Peter, John, you guys made the wrong choice. You know, you guys <laughs> you guys jumped out. You you missed out. It's uh, man, but but Mary did it. That's man. I I like. I can't imagine what that would be like either. Um. But, so, right, they hang out for hours, right? <laughs> nope. He's like, hey, you know, like, can't touch me, you know. <laughs> uh, but anyways, you know, and then and then he's like, you, you can't hold on to me. I have to go to my father and your father, tell the disciples you've seen me, and, and basically tell them to meet me. And so she obeys immediately, right? She doesn't. Uh, well, um, come on. She doesn't beg him. You know, she, it just says she leaves. She completely obeys immediately. Um, how much did she want to hug him? How much did she just want to talk to him, be with him, (laughs) ask him what he went through, how he's back. Right. Um, and, and she obeyed. Um, and then when she gets to the disciples, she's like, Hey guys, my God's not dead. He's surely alive, and he's walking in the garden, going to the... <laughs> Be here next week. No, I won't. It's Thanksgiving. Thank you. Thank you. But anyways, no, she goes, and she tells him, right? Hey, I saw Jesus, this and that. This is what he said to me. He's he's ascending something. I'm not sure. Um, But why didn't Jesus want her to, like, hold on to him? Um... And I think if you think about it, um, what he meant, it wasn't, hey, I can't hug you right now. I'm kind of in a rush. You know, <laughs> um, what what he meant was things are different. Um, I died. I'm risen now. And and things are going to look a little different from now on. And what he was saying was you can't hold on to the way that things have been up until this moment because things are changing. And our relationship, including my relationship with everyone else from this point out, is forever going to be different. And and that's that's much different. Because if uh if you know and I guess if you don't, but basically just a few chapter late chapters later in Acts, right after John, you know, there's um People, basically, the disciples are, are praying. Uh, Jesus is walking around. And then um, 50 days later, there's a day called Pentecost, which um, at this point, the disciples had been praying for a while. Jesus said, I'm going to send my Holy Spirit to be with you guys to comfort y'all. Uh, not y'all. He's not from Texas. Um, he's gonna, I'm going to comfort you guys. Um, and then um, and and he's going to be with you, right? And so at Pentecost, you know, Jesus rises up. 
And then the Holy Spirit falls on all the disciples who had been praying, right? And this is what Jesus was talking about. No longer was Jesus limited to the flesh, to one, you know, point in the world, you know, at any point in time. Jesus, through his Holy Spirit, would reveal continuously his character to anyone who believed. Now everyone can be with him at all times, in all situations, in all ages. And it's not limited to the flesh that Jesus had taken on to make himself known to us. Had Mary been content with her relationship with Jesus? You know, like, man, I'm, I don't, I don't care. Like, I, if I can't have you right here, Jesus, I'm, I'm done with this. You know, like that. She would have missed out on so many things, right? The early church boomed. Like, three thousand people got saved on the first day when the Holy Spirit fell. That's crazy. What if she would have just gone in her room and cried, or went back to Magdala? Man, she would have heard about a third party. That would have. I mean, she was probably. She might have very well been with the disciples as they were praying and received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and then was among, you know, the people that, you know, like, was with Peter when he preached, right? You know? Uh, that's crazy. What if she would have held on? That, man, I I don't, I don't want to be in that situation. Um, and, and it's crazy. She was, she was faithful with what Jesus told her to do. It was Peter who stood up at Pentecost and proclaimed to 3,000 probably plus people what Jesus had done, the news about him, his his death, his resurrection, who he is, and what he wants to do in our lives. Mary just told a few people, right? She didn't even get, she didn't even get credit for it. She was, the, you know, like she was the first person to see him. He told her what to do, and she did it. And she, you know, but I think that's the same for a lot of us. Like few of us are going to stand in front of a lot of people with a microphone and preach to, you know, maybe hundreds, thousands, the masses, basically. Most of us are just going to tell a few people at a time, you know, and that's, that's I think, the way that Jesus wanted it, you know. I don't think Peter was wrong in preaching, you know, but that's just, I think, how it is. Um, like the guys that Jordan talked about last week, um, those guys were trying to hold on to something, and I don't think it's always something that um, is wrong that you're trying to hold on to. There's nothing wrong with family. These guys w- that wanted to hold on to these things, you know, like being um, family-oriented, you know, living a good life. These are things that Jesus <laughs> promotes, right? But what did Mary let go of? Mary let go of you know, her her old relationship with Jesus, which wasn't wrong in the first place. It was completely in line with, like, what the Lord wanted, right? But then when he said, hey, things are going to be different. Our relationship is changing, you know, like, he, she had to let go, you know, and, and she had to say, okay, Lord, I trust you, and I'm going to, I'm going to look forward to this new relationship that you're talking about, and, and I'm going to choose to try and understand this Holy Spirit that you've sent us, even though it's so much easier to just talk face-to-face with you, and laugh with you, and cry with you, and, and, and hear directly from you, right? I mean, that was much easier, you know, but she was willing, you know, and, and because of it, you know, she, partook in the greatest world revolution that has ever been since and probably will be ever until he comes back right and it's and it's it's crazy you know like what what can happen basically (laughs) when you listen to jesus um and so uh 
but some people aren't like this, and and I hope I'm not like this, and I'm not saying like, oh, I'm better than them, but I believe like at some points we're all like this, where we um, and you guys can actually come back up, um, and uh, we um, I think a lot of times we want to hold on to like our original point in our lives, like where we're with Jesus, or maybe even right now it's like, man, I'm I don't know if I want to go any deeper. I just I like. I I don't I'm I'm good right here. I'll I'll coast right here for a little while. You know, I'll I'll keep reading the same books of the Bible and you know, and I'll I'll uh you know, I don't really need to go to church. I I kinda learned a lot. I grew up in church, so it's it's okay, probably I know enough, you know, and, and we just settle. I like that I don't I don't wanna do that, right? I that that would not produce life, that would not produce revolution, that would not allow Jesus to do in our lives like what he what's wants to do and who he wants to be in us. And uh I guess to kind of wrap it all up, um there's a few things that we can learn um from Mary's life. Um first, I think um we can learn that the fight, right? The fight that Mary had to get from you know <laughs> living, breathing, happy, fun, loving Jesus to to him dying on the cross and right and through all of this and finally at the tomb and then she saw him. All right, that <laughs> had she just stayed in a house with the rest of the disciples, this never would have happened. We w- we would not have this story here. Mary fought. She had to fight through people, through rebuke, through hey, he's dead, forget about it through her own just I should go back to Magdala kind of thoughts and she she fought all of this stuff to get to Jesus right and I think it's because she did that that Jesus saw her her one her her desire to be with him that she that he appeared to her you know um yeah I don't I don't think yeah I know that Jesus will show up if we seek him so that that needs to be our first and and foremost desire is to to be with Jesus and fight every way we can to be with him because if we do then he'll be then then he'll answer us um the second thing is uh we have to be willing to to allow him to transform our relationship with him and our seeking you know of him and and him revealing himself to us we have to say okay lord i I'm afraid to to go past what I know of you now. I'm afraid to let go of this understanding um, that I've had for you know 18 plus years, right? Or, or maybe less, right? Maybe a year, less than that. And and I don't know if I can if I can go deeper. Whether you know him or not, you know there's always more that you can learn about Jesus, right? And and this isn't to say that our perceptions of Jesus is wrong, right? Mary's wasn't. She just there was more. You know, and so that that has to be our desires is to to have all of Jesus, right? Not just to have Him, but to have all of Him. Lord, would you open my mind to see who you are in your in your completeness? If we're going to spend eternity with Him, we have an infinite amount of time to learn an infinite amount of information about an infinite God, right? We'll never arrive, you know. It's like, and so it's it's doable because we have the time, you know. We have eternity, um, but we shouldn't wait. You know, we should do it now. Um, 
so he can continue to, to open our minds to who he is. And then, like Mary did, we got to tell people about him. You know, like had, had Mary not gone to the disciples, I don't know what would have happened. Jesus might have still shown up to them, you know, and he probably would, uh, you know, make his, I guess, uh, his plan, you know, complete and, uh, and his purpose in our lives and everything. But, um, you know, like it was, it was her responsibility because he told her to do it, right? And, and he's telling us the same thing, like Michael was talking about earlier. You love Jesus, you tell him, you tell people about him, you know, and like I said earlier about leaving Houston, it's not really a sacrifice to give things up when you love him or anybody, but it's also natural to talk about people and things that you love, you know, and so it's, it's not just a command, it's like a, <laughs> it's like a, it's an overflow, um, so we got to do that, we got to tell people few of us will preach to the masses we can tell our friends family classmates professors it's scary <laughs> what if mary was hallucinating you know like oh, did i really see him you know she she had no doubt you know like ali g no doubt so uh let's seek jesus with our whole hearts um, let's be willing to see who he wants to show us um, about himself and uh, I think it kind of just uh, sums it up in in Jeremiah 29 11-13 for I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you hope and a future then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart so many people like the chap- verse 9. Plans to prosper you. Plans not to harm you. That's great. The Lord loves us, and, and that's his desire. But there's, there's, like, there's a context in that, like, and, and a promise. It's not just, hey, you have to do this, but it's like, hey, if you do this, this will happen. Verse 13, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. It's... It's a promise. It's kind of a condition, but it's it's a promise. You know, we need to seek Jesus with all with all of our hearts. We need to say, Lord, I want to know you to your full extent. And every time I find something new about you, I'm going to tell people about it. Right. That's what Jesus wants for us. That's who he is to us. And that's, you know, thank thank the Lord for Mary that she like helped us learn that, you know. Let's pray. Father God, thank you, Lord, um, just for who you are, God, and um, everything that you've done for us, Jesus, and and um, and in us and through us, God, for delivering us, God, from not maybe not demons, Lord, but from from selfishness, God, from from fears, from anxiety, Lord, from anything else, God, that keeps us from knowing you, that keeps us from living a, a sane life, God, and, and in relationship with you, Jesus. And, um, Lord, we we recognize that tonight, Lord. We we want to commit our lives to you, Jesus. And, and, Lord, would you give us the strength to do that? And and if, if that's not our response, Lord Jesus, then would you help us to see all the things that you have done for us so it'll be easier to make that decision, God. And, 
Um, Lord, we we want to know you completely, God, and um, we are just so grateful that that you you promise Jesus that if we do seek you with all of our hearts, God, that that you will be found. Um, continue to speak to us tonight, Lord. Um, yeah, Lord, we love you. We pray these things in your name. Amen.